you have your word, open up with me to Luke chapter 2 today. Luke chapter 2. Didn't our band do a great job? They've been singing all day long. They've been singing all day long, all day long. They've been singing. I'm so thankful for them today. Luke chapter 2 verse 1. It says that in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for that baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because... There was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those who his favor rest. And when the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her very heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day when it was time to circumcise the child, his name, they named him Jesus, the name in which the angel had given him before he was conceived. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, everything that God does, every prayer that he answers, every miracle that he performs, every time that he hears your voice, it has a purpose behind it. And one of those purposes for him answering and performing miracles, not the only one, but a great one is that he wants to magnify his glory. He wants his name to be known. He wants everyone to know who he is. It's amazing to me that a God such as that, that desires such glory, would choose someone like you and I. Choose people with, with a past. Choose people who, who have some faults. Choose some people that do not have it all together. Is there anybody in the room like me? You do not have it all together. 
Isn't it amazing that he uses people like us to carry out his plan? It amazes me that a God that, that wants to be known by everyone and for all generations, yet he would choose for his son to be born not only in Bethlehem, but in a manger in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, it was scarcely worth comparing to all of the other cities in the area. Why would he choose Bethlehem, a lowly place, to have his one and only son born there? I believe that God chose this, this place that was small. It was, it was a place that was unlikely. It was a place that was quiet. It was out of the way. It was not convenient for most people. And God does something there that was so great. God does something in that place that was inconvenient. He does something in that place that was out of the way, yet it was so powerful what he did that it changed literally the trajectory of not only his time, but also all of history and the present and all of eternity. But why? Why would he choose Bethlehem? I think he chose such a humble beginning for this so-called king simply to remove all of the boasting, to remove all of the comments. So when people saw this little city and this baby lying in this lowly manger, they would look at it and the only thing they could see and the only thing that they would be able to say is it was the Lord. He didn't need the lights. He didn't need personalities. And I can just hear the doubters all around. If he was born in a high, a high end place that, you know, Bethlehem, they have the greatest delivery rooms, you know, Bethlehem, that's where all the rich people live. But guess what? People did not talk about Bethlehem like that. No, it just shows how merciful and how wonderful our God really is that he would bestow even his greatest favor on such a little place like little Bethlehem. If you go back with me through the scripture to the Old Testament, you will find a man named Saul, and it is somewhat where <clears throat> David's lineage really begins to pick up in the word. Saul was this king, and when it came time for him to be replaced, God sent this man named Samuel to the little town of Bethlehem and Bethlehem to go find the king. And when Samuel got to little Bethlehem, to David's house, he did not choose the obvious person. He did not choose the next in line, the, 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 the big brothers. No, he chose little David that was out in the field. And when it came time to defeat the big giant that we all know about, Goliath, God did not find some person with a huge stature and great skills with a sword or spear. No, he chose little David that had no skills or training with a sword. All he had was a little slingshot and some little stones. It's just crazy. Why would the God of the universe, the one who wants to make his name famous, the one who wants to be known for generations, why would he choose the little places? Why would he choose 
choose the little people like you and I? Why would he choose the most unlikely situations, the most unlikely places? Why does he use little towns and the youngest sons and the little stones and lowly mangers and even mustard seed kind of faith? Why? David knew something whenever he made a statement when he was on the battlefield. The word says that David said to Goliath, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword or spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. David made such an important statement because David showed that he understood the way that God works because David said if God uses little me and my little slingshot to take down this big giant guess what? People can look at me and, 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 and say oh it's because of your training. No. Whenever they look at me they will say it must have been the Lord. It was all for his glory. They won't be able to blame it on his military training or his weapons. No. But for thousands of years, generation after generation, they will read this story. They will teach this story. They will tell this story to their kids at bedtime and they will say it was the Lord that was using him. Aren't you thankful that God is still using the unlikely people? Aren't you thankful this Christmas that God is still using the little people with no name, no fame? It's amazing that Bethlehem, little old Bethlehem, so unlikely, not much to offer, but it was exactly what God was looking for. God can turn the little things into something great. There are people that have been here all day and probably some in this very room right now. You feel like a Bethlehem. Feel little in this big old world. Feel misplaced as the, it just feels like the world keeps turning faster and faster with all the chaos. People that feel like you have nothing to offer Nothing to give. I can't sing like that. I can't pray like that. I can't preach like that. I, I, I can't teach. So what do I have to give to the kingdom? There's some probably people that you feel like a Bethlehem. You're not rich. You don't have, you don't have great wealth. You may not even be great with, with friendships or relationships on your job. There's some people, you've even had a Bethlehem kind of year. A year where you look back as this year is almost over and you look back and say, what good could even come of this thing? If God can birth a king in the middle of nothing, he can turn your nothing into something. Amen. I've got good news for you today. If God can turn a little unknown town into a global tourist site, God can turn your year around just like that. Amen. He can turn your guilt into glory. He can turn your shame into shouts. He can turn your broken home, your broken heart, your broken marriage, 
marriage into a place of unity again. He can find your wayward child that is in the deepest, darkest place of sin and call out his name and bring him or her back to the cross today. He can restore your mind. He can wipe every tear from your eye today. If the Holy Spirit can put something so powerful in a little girl like young Mary that because she did not quit, because she did not let the sound of, well, sorry, there's no room for you here. Because she kept going, because she kept believing, because she did not listen to the haters, because she did not let the gossip get in her spirit, because she kept pursuing that thing that the Holy Spirit put inside of her was able to change life forever. If God can do it with all of those, just imagine what he can bring out of your little Bethlehem. The prophet Isaiah, when prophesying about the birth of Jesus, said, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son has been given. For unto us, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. That makes me happy today. Being a father of three, it makes me happy that I can have a child that I don't have to raise. I don't have to get up with in the middle of the night. I don't have to feed anybody ever been there. How many of you know a baby changes everything? He said, for unto us, a child is born. That makes my spirit leap. When he said unto us, because he did not say unto them. He did not say unto Mary or Joseph. He did not say just to them. No, he said unto us. Who is this us that he's speaking about? The us, who is it? It's unto the red, the yellow, the black, and the white. It's to the rich and the poor. Who is this us? Every nation and tribe and tongue. Who is this us? It, it, the, the us, it crosses over every socioeconomic status. Those born in in the north and the south those born on the east side and the west side who is this us this us is whosoever will this Christmas who is this us those who were raised in the church and those who cannot stand the church those who have been uh, saved for 20 years and those who are still doubting and don't even know if they really believe tonight guess what it's the good news of Christmas this year you may not have a gift under the tree but you've got a gift that that's been waiting in a manger for thousands of years for you to adore. You may not have it all together, but Merry Christmas, a child has been born unto you. You may feel like, like your life has been broken in two, but Merry Christmas unto you, a solution has been born today. You may feel like you've had a horrendous kind of year, but Merry Christmas, a child has been born unto us. And the word says that his name shall be called Wonderful 
Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His name is Emmanuel. God is with us today. Come on, if you are thankful that he sent his son and he's with us today, can you just put your hands together and stand upon your feet this evening? Lord, we're so thankful for you. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that my God is wonderful. I'm so thankful that he's my counselor. I'm so thankful that he is mighty. I'm so thankful that he's an everlasting father. I'm so thankful that he is the prince of peace. And I'm so thankful that I don't have to bow to a statue. I don't have to have a prayer mat facing a certain way. But whenever I call on the name of Jesus, he is Emmanuel this today. He is with us. Come on. Can you just raise up your hand? We're going to sing this out today. Come on, just raise up your hand. Let's worship today. Lord, we worship you today. Lord, we're so thankful for you today. Lord, we give you the honor and the glory today. Lord, we magnify you today. <laughs> 